Hello, everyone, and welcome to Physio Minds Podcast. It's been a minute since we've had a few conversations about physical therapy, but uh, today is going to be a really fun conversation. And if you forgot, I'm your host, Alex, and that's my host, my co-host, Theo. Both of us have uh, graduated since the last time you heard a podcast from us. We both graduated physical therapy school down in Miami, and we both passed our boards, and we're both nationally board-certified physical therapists, so come and see us for some treatment. Uh, Theo, why don't you give us a little bit of background on where you are, what you're doing, and what kind of setting you're in? All right, cool. What's up, everybody? Um, So I'm currently working in South Florida in Hollywood. I work for a big uh, hospital system over there for their outpatient rehab facilities, so I see a lot of ortho, but it's it's very it's more outpatient general. So I see a lot of neurological cases, um, you know, strokes, um, a lot of uh, spinal cord injury. Uh, we see vestibular, um, post op, uh, general deconditioning, balance, whatever. Uh, we also have a pediatrics department, so we see that it's, it's a huge hospital, which is great for um, you know starting my career there because there's. A lot of mentorship. I see, you know, a lot of cases. So I'm using everything that I learned in school, um, which for me, I think it's important to, you know, I paid, you know, so much money for school to learn all these things. And I want to use all the things that I learned, right? Like, I don't want to just use, you know, the 30%, which is orthopedics or whatever it is. So um, yeah, it's great. I love it. I work for 10 hour shifts. So I have one day a week off to kind of do, you know, what I want to do. Um, and it's great. One patient at a time, 45 minutes, uh, 45 minute treatments. Um, so it's awesome place to like practice my skills um, for in terms of manual therapy, um, you know, facilitation techniques, things like that. I'm one on one with the patient. So, you know, you know, it's, it's great to like see the, the people, the patients get better as you're working with them. Nice. Yeah, that's, and being with such a bigger hospital system, you get to interact with more uh, physicians and other physical therapists and other healthcare professionals, which is really nice to see. Um, For me, where I work right now, so I'm in a very cold state right now in Illinois, so I'm in Chicago, while Theo is in sunny Miami, Florida. (laughs) It's nice over here. Yeah, dude, it's like... 20 something degrees here it's, it's 81 it's 81 over here so yeah <laughs> big jealous big jealous <laughs> um but for me we interact with physicians uh i'm in an outpatient uh outpatient balance slash orthopedic um clinical setting or setting and what you see from us is we actually go to physicians offices talk to them and actually bring in the patient so for us, it's a little bit more marketing that we have to do with my company. Uh, currently, I'm in uh, the Buffalo Grove, Illinois area. That's where I, I'm practicing out of. But for for Theo, real quick, you said you see your patients between 40, 45-minute sessions, right? Right. So how many patients would you see a day approximately? So I see one patient at a time. So it's only um, 11 max um 11 max patients a day because i have like an hour for lunch and then um you know it's max three evaluations per day which is also nice you know um 
because I know sometimes we get loaded with these emails, you know, and it's you get you stay you stay till late documenting and you know yeah there's that's... a quality of life there you know I agree man I agree I don't know for you but I think the hardest or the most difficult eval is usually at the end of the day because oh yeah you need a full caseload right and then now you have your last eval and you're like okay one more evaluation and it's always it's never simple it's always throwing me through a loop yeah there's all there's always like some psychosocial component or you know that you know you and you know it it happens you know but you gotta you gotta be preferred i i like to have a little a little coffee right before my like right before my last eva i'm like all right i already know what's gonna happen like i'm gonna have a little coffee give me a, a little bit of an energy boost to be able to like handle you know yeah no i i totally agree with that because it for me it never fails that i always have something going on um i'm just going to share a quick story one of my first evaluations working with this company and in Illinois is um, we, we see a lot of balance orthopedic uh, vestibular is like one of our big things that we see vertigo and I was trained in my clinicals to treat vertigo and vestibular patients and balance and all that and when I saw this patient it was my first week of work it was the last patient on a Friday and it was 4 p.m and I'm like oh man I hope you know I hope this patient's okay I hope it's not as you know difficult as it may be and God bless this lady's soul. She took it like a champ. And when I was doing the Dix Hall Pike maneuvers and I was doing Epley's on her, um, she was probably one of my most symptomatic patients. And she was, she did throw up. And I was like, man, I feel horrible. And I'm a new clinician, right? So I'm like, oh my God, I hope this lady's, I hope this lady's gonna be okay. And then once she left, I was like, is she like, is she going to survive the weekend is what I thought. <laughs> Cause I was like, what if there's something else? Everything's going through my mind. And it's like, when you're, when you're the evaluating therapist, you know, you're looking at your central signs, you're looking for peripheral, you're looking at everything to make sure like she's okay. And it's truly vertigo. And it kind of, the reason why I'm telling, saying this is that after I treated her that Friday, I see her on Monday or Tuesday and she comes back and she's she's hugging me. She's so happy. She's like, I couldn't believe that I'm that after 24 hours afterwards, I was walking, I was normal again. And I was like, Oh my God. All I kept thinking was, I'm just glad you didn't die. Cause I thought, <laughs> I thought I did something on Friday to like really throw her through the loop. And um, yeah, it was, that was an experience. You know, right? My takeaway from that is just make sure you, every time you're doing that, you treat someone busy, have a trash can next, next to you, next to that treatment table. You don't want to be cleaning vomit off the floor, you know? Oh, you don't. And man, I I never ran so fast in my entire life. And I was like looking for a trash can. I gave it to her. And you can be as prepared as you want. But in the end, if it's not right right in front of you, it's just like game over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with that being said, how do you, you know, as a new clinician, you should be looking at your patients after you evaluate them. And then let's say you do a treatment option, right? So you do some type of intervention. Let's say, for example, you know, it's turning my head to the left. Okay, I can only get 50 degrees. Okay, well, let's do some soft tissue and whatnot. And maybe you want to do some mobilizations. But what can you do beforehand, right? Which is assess the patient like we did. We say the patient goes to 50 degrees. And then the biggest thing to do is reassess. So see if your techniques or interventions are working 
Steve, I don't know if you have any advice. No, that's, uh, that's, I live by that. Um, so I have some students that have come in through um, through my time. As, I'm, and granted, I'm a new clinician. And in that time, I've been lucky enough to also like work with students and do a little bit of mentorship. And that's what I always say, like assess and reassess. And they're like, oh, I did this intervention. I was like, oh, did you assess and did you reassess? You know, like, how do you know your intervention's working? Like, how do you know, like, this is what they need, right? Because a lot of times we teach us, okay, you're going to do this technique if they're lacking range of motion for this rotation, whatever, whatever. And then we do it and we're like, all right, next, next intervention. It's like, okay, like, hold up, right? Like, first of all, not every intervention is as effective. And, you know, second of all, it might not be as effective. It might be effective 99% of the time, but it's effective for this patient. Right. And so I, I find it like really important to, you know, assess whatever, whatever it is, pain, range of motion, strength, motor control, whatever it is, um, do your intervention and then reassess after it, right? So like uh, a lot of times, for example, if I'm working on, if someone comes in with, um, 140 degrees shoulder flexion and granted we know normal is 180 whatever um, and then I'm thinking okay the thoracic spine is at fault so let me work on the thoracic spine I do mobilizations I do an exercise whatever and then after that I read I retest right like okay was I right in my thinking like did what I do help this patient so I reassess and then if range of motion improves you know whatever it is I document that one showing off my skills a little bit that I know what I'm doing which is important, right? <laughs> Two is also the patient buying, right? Like patients see that and they're like, okay, like one, this guy knows what he's doing. Two, it's also like, all right, like I know this exercise that I just did is going to improve my shoulder range of motion. And I see, I, I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's going to increase the buy-in to like allow the exercise, the, the patient to do the exercise at home, you know, because that's our biggest battle, getting them to do their home exercise program, right? Mm -hmm. So- I, again, I think that's test and re retest. Live by that. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, and the, the the crazy thing is for PTs is that I they may not realize it or maybe they do realize it, but you are always from a business perspective. I'm looking at it. You are always selling the patient every that is only during the evaluation right so your patient you can say I, I did my evaluation i want you to come five, four times a week three to four times a week and for eight weeks let's say but they might look at it well that's a lot why why would i need that you convince them you say you know i think this would be better blah 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 two weeks down the line they might say oh, i'm feeling better i'm done as a pt like i think the reassess and reassess is a good measurement tool to say okay hey this is where you are. This is where you were. And every visit you have to say, okay, you can move a little bit more. You can move a little bit more to the left or to the right with your neck or whatever it is. You know, you start off with a the yellow theraband. Now you're to the red theraband and before you couldn't even do one repetition. So it's always telling the patient, like, you know, we're always quote unquote selling them. I hate to use the business stuff, but it's stuff that, you know, they don't tell you in PT school. And each visit is, hey, you know, you're doing better. You're doing this. You're doing that. And you have to show them that because some people might not see the smaller victories as much as we do. Because like for me, if my patient was walking, you know, if my patient came in a wheelchair and I got them to walk 
handheld assist by after 12 sessions, that's a victory for me. I mean, for them, that's a huge thing. They're like, oh, you know, I, you know, the other day I, you know, my leg is still hurting. I, I still can't walk perfect. Right. But I'm like, Hey, like, this is one of my patients that actually did do that. She came in, uh, came in a wheelchair and I got her walking on a rollator on her rollator. I got her walking with a cane and now she's walking handheld assist. And now she's walking with supervision. I mean, it's little things like that. You know, there's always little victories. The first day she walked 60 feet, the next three sessions by that third or fourth session, she was walking 200 feet, but had to sit afterwards. Doesn't matter. That's a big difference. 60 to 200. Right. And that's why, that's why also I love progress all day. Hate the documentation. Don't get me wrong, but I, I love like seeing the progress that the patients made, like showing them the progress. Like, Hey, like, look, like, this is where you tested last time for this, for this test. This is where you are today. And then they're like, oh, wow, that's a big difference. And I was like, and then I like to put them on, put it on them. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, like, this is all you, right? This goes to show like this, this is a reflection on your commitment to the program and like your, um, your commitment to the exercise at home, because all I'm here, I'm, I'm here to guide you. Right. But if, if I, you know, prescribe exercise and you don't do them, you're, you're not going to see the results, you know, unfortunately, you know, um, so progress no day is important, but it's not just shouldn't, I, I don't believe assessment should only happen on progress no day. Like you should be able to tell, um, you know, if you're going the right, the right track, right? So like I'm treating this patient now um, and I've been treating her for headaches and I've been working, you know, neck, subcranial, whatever, all that stuff, you know, what we learned in school. She's not getting better. Granted, not super consistent with her exercises not super consistent with her ergonomic setup and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of stopped, you know, and I was like, okay, like it's been like eight visits now, whatever, like things haven't really been getting better. Like, you know, it's like, let's reassess it. what's going on. So I take a step back, I reassess her posture. And then I noticed that her posture alignment, she's like side bent in the lumbar spine, rotated in the thoracic and then side bent to compensate at the subcranial spine. So I, I was like, okay, like, let's try something different. Let's work a little bit on your low back, right? Your your hips, your pelvis, like, realign. Because we've been working top to bottom. Let's work, you know, bottom to top, right? So mm-hmm. I worked a little bit on her spine, uh, uh, you know, fixed. I, I treated what I find, right? So I treated the low back, treated the thoracic rotation. Uh, and then I worked on the subcranial, um, the subcranial spine. And I had her stand up again, and she was in, like, perfect alignment. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her since I don't know if the headaches improved or whatever but like you know even even in that one treatment I was like, okay like let me it, it, I think it's still important to like s- like take a step back and like you might believe what you're doing is great and it's working but like you know every patient's different so always reassessing it wasn't a progress no day it was just another you know a, like regular treatment that I was like, okay like so like this isn't working I got to take a different approach and you know I was humble enough to realize that I'm not always right you know um, <laughs> you gotta and that, again assess reassess right like did my intervention I checked her posture initially and then I put her incorrect incorrect posture she did not like that didn't feel good mm-hmm. so then when at the end of the session she was able to maintain correct posture by herself without really any like tactile cueing for me so I take the win you know yeah. um again for her to maintain that she has to do her exercises which did she do it probably not you know, based on history. Uh, but I'm hopeful, you know, I believe in my patients. One day she's going to start doing her exercises. 
things are going to get better and it's going to be all good. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. It's like you said, it's the small victories that um, that are honestly like that we see all the time. And that's that's what we really look for. And you actually brought up a really good point is you don't. So for you don't have to wait until the plan of care or the progress note, you know, in order to uh, do something different. Right. If you're seeing your treatments not working, try something else. For me, I'm like. After. I don't know how many visits would you say until like you see some progress, but maybe after like two, two and a half weeks. I think say? it depends on what's going on. But for me, typically I see the, and I see the patient starts to feel better, like at two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you can also get a patient feeling good. If it's strictly a mechanical problem, you can get a patient feeling good day of. Right. Um, but typically I think it takes two weeks to really be feeling good consistently. Right. Right. And that's what I, that's, I, I wrote this down is like, if you're, if your plan of care that you made is not working, you have the ability to change your direction of, of treatment, right? So as a PT, we're able to do that. Um, I think for PTAs, I, you know, I could be completely wrong on this, but they're following the plan of care that we write up. Right. And then the physician signs for it, right? So we we write a, we write the write the plan of care. We send it to the physician. The physician signs it, says okay, this is good, and then PTA just follows it. But I do have to say, PTAs are it are really really key for physical therapists, and it's really essential that you continue to communicate with your fellow therapists or PTAs or just therapists in general about the patients that you share. So for example, I may share a patient with Theo and then I may share a patient with, you know, let's call him, I don't know, Jack or something, right? So when I, whenever I write my plan of care or when I'm doing an evaluation, I'll always try to introduce that therapist if they're around and say, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so, this is Theo, you're going to be seeing him and me for your for your treatment and we're going to collaborate together and talk about uh your sessions you know every every session or every other session and kind of just communicate so constant line of communication is essential especially if you have someone else's um a patient i don't know if you have right. anything more to no, say and, and just to like follow up on that i think it's also important to um have multiple eyes like if you can right like if you have that like luxury having like a therapist that you trust looking at your patient and like, like, Hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'm concerned about this patient. Something isn't seeming right. Do you mind coming in, checking, you know, like see what you think, let's compare notes type thing. Um, you know, and I think, I, I think it's great. Like, it's also kind of like you, you, it's a team, it's a team thing. Right. Um, someone else, like Alex might catch something that I didn't, I didn't see, you know, I might catch something that Alex didn't see and that way the patient, and that's how I sell it to the patient too. Cause they're like, Oh no, I really want to see like one therapist consistent. I'm like, look, like I understand that, you know, but I think it's important that you have, you know, I don't, I don't want a big team. I think two therapists, max three, honestly. And you know, that so that the patient one has a consistent plan that they're following and, and two uh, multiple eyes on the patient, you know, seeing things, someone, someone has to catch something that's another person didn't catch, you know? So anyway, I'm gonna leave it at that. Thank you everyone for listening to Physio Minds podcast. Be sure to like our Instagram and like 
our Anchor and Spotify podcasts. And what we're going to talk about next time is what happens after you graduate and what do you want to continue after PT graduation, especially when you just started into the workforce. So thank you guys very much. And we'll see you next time. Theo. All right. Thanks, everybody.